Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Chad and Zay. All right, let's go hour number three on a Tuesday. Gotta play this at Big 12 Media Days tomorrow and just see what happens. I'd like to see, I'd like to see Sonny Dyke's reaction when this one fires up. All right, it's Chad and Zay. I'm Chad Hastings. He is Isaiah Collier. He gets you a beat to start every third hour. So, Zay, this would be uh, Jump Around, right? That's right. And Jump Around is, let me see if I do it. I always mix it up with the other one. The other one. Hang on, hang on. Jump Around is House of Pain. There we go. Okay. Who's the other one? I always mix it up with um, the, is it the Insane in the Membrane song? Oh, Cypress Hill? Thank you. I mix up those two that songs. That makes sense. Yeah, I mix okay. those up just a little bit. but That's, I, that's I, not bad. Okay, I'm just trying to get it right. House of Pain, I got it right on that one. Yo, this might be one of the coolest songs that gets played at college basketball games. Yeah, I'd see it. I don't know. Do they play at college football? They, they probably do. Sometimes. Yeah, 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 not as much. But college basketball games, yeah, especially if you have a predominantly Caucasian fan base, way easier to do than the swag surf. It's funny you said that. You know where this is the biggest. Where? Wisconsin. <laughs> it's true. I believe I'm right on that. Camp Randall. I've got you set it up perfectly as you were saying it. I'm like, wait a minute. I think that fits the fan base he's describing. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. The, I believe their fourth quarter deal is jump around. Okay. Yeah, I'm that's pretty sure. Dope. That's another one of those great things about college football, man, where everybody's got their little thing. Yeah. Virginia Tech does Inner Sandman by Metallica at the right, beginning, right, right. and then everybody's got their third uh, going. Sometimes, sometimes you go with the fourth quarter song. I would say that that one's also better to me at night. Something about, like, a day game's okay, but jump around under the lights is a little different. Oh, man. A little bit different. I like that. Yeah, we got to get our swag surf better. Like, I've seen people at the mood try to hit the swag surf, and some people are going right when others are supposed to be going left. It's a catastrophe. We got we to gotta improve this year. 2024 season, coach. we got a black coach for sure. We got to get better. Mm. We got to get back. Got to get some more rhythm. Hey, you know, I mean, obviously it's not something that you normally look for for inspiration, but you know that school over in College Station, they got training for their stuff. So maybe you just okay. get some training involved. That, no, that's too much. You, what y'all be doing is a little extra. You don't want to train up for it? I mean, not there's for that. training and then there's what y'all do. Okay. <laughs> That's a little different. There's training, and then there's church. Yeah. There's church practice. Okay, fair enough. Um, It is a busy Tuesday because we're getting ready for Big 12 Media Days. We'll talk some TCU and Oklahoma State coming up, Zion Williamson, some updates there. But I do want to get to this list because every time Zay has gone to the chat GPT thing, it has produced a wild conversation. This is the most hated College basketball players of all time, as figured out by the algorithm. Zay, normally we go 10 to 1, but 
I feel like I know who one is. Do you really? So let's wait. Let's still go ten to one. Okay. All right. We'll. All right, I think I know who one is, but let's just see if I'm right. You go. Okay. You start at ten, and we'll see if he shows up right. before one. So this list is interesting. Again, most hated players in college basketball all time. All time. Here so we go. So it has to be someone kind of recent. Like it can't be like Lou Alcindor. Because nobody saw him play, really, with John Wooden. Okay. Like, you don't have old. But we're not going that old. Don't make some of our listeners feel that old. I'm sorry. We got listeners that saw Lou play. True. I know guys probably hated Bill Walton out there, too. John Wooden was cheating his ass off over there in UCLA. I thought Bill Bill Walton might be. Is he not on the list? He's not on the list. Okay. All right. Here we go. Number 10 most hated college basketball players. Ron Artest, Metal World Peace, number 10. They hated him in college? That's what I'm saying. I don't understand this one. He didn't have a rep in college, did he? He played two years. Wasn't he St. John's? Yeah, St. John's guy. So he played in the old school Big East. Now, he is weird enough that I'm assuming he was weird at St. John's. It's not like he woke up one day and decided right. to be Ron Artest. Right. So maybe. Maybe. I didn't realize he would He would yeah. have been on this list. Okay. NBA, I get it. College, not so much. Yeah. And he was only there two years, but it's the Big East. So yeah, I'm with you. Everybody hates everybody in the Big East, especially <laughs> back then. True. Number nine. Yeah. Which is also interesting for college. Makes a lot of sense for the NBA. Reggie Miller. Reggie, okay. Four years at UCLA, I don't get it. Now, the only thing I thought about with Reggie on why he might have been hated was because people love Cheryl Miller. Yep, that's what I was thinking, too. And he went to the rival. Exactly. He went to the rival. He's little brother. He's he's always going to be in her shadow, and people just decided to hate him. Yeah. And he did have an attitude out there. Oh, Let, yeah, let's he was be a cocky son of a B. Yeah, he didn't start swinging that leg out there in the NBA either. Yeah. You know he was doing that at Pauly. <laughs> <laughs> Come on now. I agree, agree. Yeah. All right, number eight, which this is the biggest shock on the list. I don't know how this guy's on there. He's one of those ATX legends that what? doesn't get enough credit. Huh? Yes, went to Mac- McNeil High School, A.J. Abrams. What? I do not understand that. How did AJ? What is the algorithm doing so, to AJ? Somebody has to take me back that watched Texas from 06 to 09 <laughs> when AJ played. I don't think he was hated. I know he was the little dude that used to light it up, but hated? Wait a minute. What is that? Next, the algorithm's going to tell me the most hated Texas football player is Colt McCoy? <laughs> like, what? What are, what are you doing? I love AJ Abrams. I'll never forget Chad. My brother graduated 03, AJ Abrams graduated, you know, 2005. Uh-huh. They played them. And my brother, he always brags about this. Sophomore year for AJ, he, had, he held AJ to about six points. Ooh. Yeah. St- still talks about it to this day. I would too. We'll go down in his grave talking about, you remember when I held AJ to six points? Yeah, that was a highlight of my career. <laughs> They're going to put AJ's line <laughs> on his gravestone. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's what everybody will yeah. see. AJ remembered that every time he played no. Louis after. Really? Yes. He would drop 37 on us, 33, mm. come in the buoy at the old arena and put up like 40 and stuff. Just give CC all types of fits. And he told a player one time, he was like, yeah, y'all ain't never holding me till six ever again. Dang. So AJ was a flat out dog and he talked a lot of mess. People don't think just because he was a small 5'9", five, 5'8", five, right. dude, he talked a lot of mess. Average 15 points sophomore year, 17 points his junior year, 17 points his senior year. AJ Abrams, 
he needs more respect when we talk Texas basketball. I don't get why he's on this list, but he was a dog. Yeah, I don't get why he's on the list yeah. either. That's crazy. Yeah, but I'm glad a Texas Longhorn made it. I appreciate that. Yep. All right, number seven. Do you remember Marshall Henderson that went to Ole Miss? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Great addition to the list. Marshall was that dude. He was every ingredient you need. He was fiery, white chocolate, <laughs> meanness. He had tats. He talked smack. <laughs> Absolutely. I can see why he's on this list. He was like on the borderline of white chocolate Jason Williams and just old mess, just trash. Oh, my God. And he, he embraced fantastic. it. Yeah. Like he, he really it. embraced it. I loved watching him play. I could definitely see why he's on this list at number seven. But yeah, man, he averaged 20 in the SEC uh, his junior year, averaged 19 his senior year. He was solid. He also felt like a guy that if you really were going to try to go at him in the parking lot, I'd advise you have a weapon on you. Oh, for sure, because he's going to be dirty. He felt tough, too. <laughs> God, everything about him just felt tough and nasty. All right, that's a, that's interesting. Yeah. I hadn't thought so, of him. Marshall Anderson, number seven. Yep. Number six makes a lot of sense. Joe Kim Noah. Joe, yeah, yep, yep. Back-to-back titles is going to piss people off anyway. That Billy Donovan attitude team that they had those two years, and he's one of the leaders, always running his mouth. He would do that annoying-ass dance when yep. they would like take, get their trophy in like SEC championship. He was doing it, uh-huh. and he did it for two straight years because they never lost. I love that team. Lee Humphreys, Green, you know, who else? Al Horford, that team, Corey Brewer. That team was flat-out special, and he was the glue, Joe Kim Noah. He is, yeah, I love, he's one of those guys that makes me feel old because I saw his dad perform too. Yannick Noah as a tennis player was so emotional. His emotion was a big part of his lore. Won the French Open in 83 and really made his name. But that's what I think of when I think of Yannick, and that's what Joe Kim was. Neither of them could perform without all that emotion. Motion. It was part of them. Right. Like they couldn't stay calm. It didn't exist. Yeah. So I get why people would have hated Joakim. Yeah. Is that it? When he. Win any big time majors or anything? He won the French in '83. Okay, and, and and a French man winning the French Open, he cried like a baby. I mean, I love Yannick Noah. He was, I mean, just wore that on his sleeve. He later became their Davis Cup coach, and I think got him a Davis Cup title or two. Yannick is a legend in France in French tennis. Was he a big guy? Uh, yeah, pretty big. I mean, I'd have to double. I'm, I'd guess. I'm gonna guess like maybe six two, six three. Okay. But I mean, he wasn't like six seven, no, he, six eleven. Like his, son, he was obviously. not that tall. I'll look up Yannick right now okay. and see how tall he was, but I don't recall if he was th- quite that tall. All right, now this list is starting to make more and more sense. Number okay. five, six four, six four, six four for Yannick. Yep. Okay, yeah. Number five. Tyler Hansborough. Uh, there Carolina. it is. There it is. I wondered if Psycho T was going to be on this list. That wasn't the one, the main one I'm thinking of, but yeah, they have, that makes sense. I don't hate many people. I hated him. Oh, Psycho T. Remember the game with Duke when he had the blood running oh, on man. his face, still knocking down the free throws? When he gave Duke like 30-something his freshman year, Dude. I was like, this guy's different. Yeah. This guy averaged 19 points freshman year, 18 points sophomore year, 22 junior year, 20 senior year. Winning national championships for Roy Williams. Yeah, Tyler Hansborough, he was a hell of a player. And 
I yeah, if I hated them, he definitely should be on this list because I don't yeah. hate many players. Not an accidental nickname either. That psycho T thing, he lived up to it. Right. Yeah. Didn't pan out in the NBA like he should have, but that was right when the NBA was changing to, hey man, if you're not crazy athletic and you don't have an outside shot, it's uh-huh. going to be hard for you to be a power forward in the association. All so. right, we're up to the top four now, and I still haven't heard my name. Who's number four? Number four. Mr. Timeout, Chris Weber. Oh, Weber. Interesting. Okay. Hey, I think he, I thought he would get more love than that. Uh, I guess I could see it. The Fab Five, those that did not like the Fab Five, he was kind of the face of that team. If you're going to pick one guy, it's I guess it had to be Weber. Yeah. Maybe Jalen, but it was probably Chris Weber. He's the it, you were drawn to him. He was, I guess if we if I if I went through it in my head, he's the most he might be the best looking of the group. All due respect to the local. Star, who's a part of that? Yeah, group. Ray Ray. Uh, Ray Ray is a very handsome man. Yeah, but uh, Chris Weber was a good-looking dude, kind of the leader of that team. So I guess I get why they'd hate him. Yeah, I mean, obviously the timeout in the championship game. I know oh. a lot of people probably had a lot of money on Heart the Fab Five to win that against North Carolina. You go back and think of the money that he took which is why you don't see any of those Fab Five banners in Ann Arbor, yeah. which is still ridiculous. Didn't they want... fin- did they finally get them back, or are they still? I don't think so. Man, Maybe. They... I don't know. I, I want to say the banners have come back, but they still haven't gotten the full Fab Five back because Weber's still holding on to some of it, or somebody at Michigan doesn't want him. It's I not don't... as bad since Juwan Howard's the head coach now. Yeah, that, that beef isn't as thick as it once was. I think he's been in the arena, but up in a suite. They haven't had him on the floor yet. There's been a lot of weird politics going on right. with that. I hope, I, I hope they can cleanse all that at some point. And I know Jalen and Chris Weber, they don't see eye to eye like they should. I think you're right about that. And by the way, if you go back and look at that story, isn't that one, I may be mixing it up, I want to say like the amount that he took that ultimately did all that was something really stupid. Like 600 bucks or something. Like yeah, I'm not, it was nothing. I want to say it was very little. In the grand scheme of college yeah. athletics, but that's just, I believe that's, that may be true. A rule that they should make, Chad, which now with NIL doesn't matter anymore, but guys who got in trouble and took money that obviously went and made way more than that in their professional career, mm-hmm. like a Reggie Bush or a Chris Weber, give, give it back. Yeah. I don't know who it would go to, but pay it oh. back somewhere or maybe like a charity that for NCAA or whoever, and say, okay, they paid the money back. Whatever that we're taking away from them, give it back. Yeah, plus what they did at the school more than pays back for that. Pay it to pay the actual thing back, but they gave more back anyway. Exactly. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. Yeah. So I agree. They're, they're still behind there. All right. So C. Weber, we're up to the top three most hated college basketball players of all time, according to Chat GPT. I still haven't heard the name I'm thinking of, Zay. Who's three? J.J. Redick. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's not him. But it is a guy that I could understand. He is, to me, I would have put J.J. at two. Yeah. On my, if you ask me, I'd have said he's two to the one I'm still thinking of. Interesting. But I get, I get that J.J. Is, uh, is high. With what he did to the homie J.D. Lewis in that one versus oh, two game. You always bring it up. I mean, J- for one, Rick Barnes. Why are we playing JD in the game? I I have to talk about this. Mm. Why? We're already down by 20-something. JJ has 30-something. Why are we putting JD on him? I get it. We're desperate, Rick. 
But that's not a good move. Now, every time you see that highlight, you see JD yeah, you and do. the fire black jersey biting on one of the biggest pump fakes you could ever bite on and getting hit with a step through three. Yeah, tough moment. So, JD Lewis, if you out there, he deserves to be hated. He deserves to be hated. He deserves to be number three. J.J. Reddick, cold as hell, though. All right. So who's going to be number two here? I'm trying to think of the Because if I want to go all the way, you said we're not going back to like a Danny Ainge or somebody like that, Damn. right? We're not going that far yeah, we're back? we're not going that far back. Danny was hated back in the day. At BYU, he was hated? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I know he was hated in the league. He was dirty as hell. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. BYU? Oh, yeah, they didn't like him. As a Mormon? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that, full, that full court drive he had in the tournament? Oh, yeah, people didn't like him for that. I mean, he was great, but they didn't like him for it. All right, number. tell me who number two is because I think my guy's number one. Christian Leitner. <gasps> what? You missed it. Wait a minute. How is Leitner number two? Christian Leitner. Leitner cannot be two on this list. You mean to give me a really good reason for number one? I Okay, hang on. Who am I forgetting? That's hate. Is it obvious for you that, that he's number one? Not obvious, but I understand it. Oh, my God. He's Who? another Dookie, too. Another Dookie. And he's currently playing. Super dirty. <laughs> but like, current, has that face of being innocent. He's a current player that played at Duke? Current, Not yes. Tatum. No, 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 no. Um, no, no Duke player that is wait, a brother is wait, ever hated. Kyrie? No. I'm telling you, no Duke player that's a brother is ever hated. It's always the Caucasian one. Okay, so and obviously Hurley's way back in the day. You said he's playing now. He's playing now. A white guy I'll from give you another, Duke. Who am I missing? I'll give you another hint. He likes to kick. The oh wait um um oh the Grayson Allen dude? Grayson Allen he doesn't need to go above Leitner no I don't think so either. come on uh what are we doing here algorithm <laughs> when you said this list the first thing that popped in my head was Christian Leitner but Christian Leitner was a d bag because he was cold yeah and he was true. at Duke he didn't kick nobody. While also being a good player at Duke and being a D bag, don't, don't. he wasn't hurting guys. Look, I'm not a Kentucky fan, but don't make me bring up what happened in that famous game. Don't make me bring up the chest stomp oh, from yeah. the Kentucky game. That's right. Like Leitner had some dirty to him, <laughs> you know. But in terms of annoying and hatred, maybe I'd put Grayson Allen above it. Maybe he's more annoying in a way. Because you're right, Leitner's annoyance kind of just came from he was a badass. Right. Yeah. He was just a freaky four to five, whatever you wanted him to be back in the day. And yeah. just he was one of the first like stretch fours. He could bust dudes up, busted Shaq up early in his career, busted all kinds of guys up. And being a white guy doing it, that frustrated a ton of basketball fans <laughs> back in the day. And he's a dookie, and it fit in. The documentary, by the way, if you've never seen it, is priceless. Go watch the what's it? It's called I Hate Christian Leitner, I think. Yeah, huh? It is fantastic. Leitner embraces the villain role too man he takes it all in that's a great list Grayson Allen ends up on top I'm glad I didn't say it out loud first then because I just thought Leitner was going to be number one I I would choose Leitner yeah I I would absolutely too yeah but Grayson Allen he has that face too where you just want to slap the crap out of him he does have the hateable face Uh, back to Leitner Leitner's hateable was because he was handsome yeah. He didn't have a hateable face. He just had you hated him because he was that good looking. He was that talented. And you just thought, well, there's nothing you don't have. But yeah, Grayson is annoyingly 
hate hateable. Yeah, and he had he kicked multiple guys like four times, four different times. Yeah, he you're was right. Kicking people. At least Leitner just did it the one time that I know <laughs> of. Like I can recall that one stomp. I'm sure other North Carolina fans would tell me other stuff Leitner did, but he was not afraid of anything. All right, there's more chat GPT for you uh, coming up. Why today matters on this July 11th. That Zion Williamson update plus Big 12 Media Days coming tomorrow, including the Longhorn. Stay with us. It's the Horn. Chad and Zay. All right, we are rolling through a Tuesday, getting ready for Big 12 Media Days tomorrow. All-Star game tonight, home run derby last night, Vlad Jr. going crazy tonight. Rangers on parade, Astros involved as well. We'll see what the Midsummer Classic looks like from Seattle. Zay, do I have any shot here? Zero. Zero chance. This guy is not, well, I mean, he's rapping here, but rapping is not his first job. Not his first job. He's an athlete. Oh. Somehow he made a hit All right, hang, 20 hang on. some years ago. He's an athlete. Let's get silly. Let me hear the voice and see if I can figure this out. Hmm. <laughs> um, hang on. Marshawn Lynch. No. I just saw him last night at the Home Run Derby. That's all I, the only guess I had. What you got? Yeah, he was out of control last night. He was great. Roy Jones Jr. Okay. With his classic can't be touched. Roy Jones Jr. Whew. There's, uh, there's a few boxers during my time that I wish I had seen the prime. Roy Jones Jr. is one of them. I've seen a couple fights. I've seen highlights and stuff. I wish I could have been there watching the full run because I know in his prime, nobody could touch Roy. Yo, he was wild. He would taunt you and shake his arms and yeah. do all of that. Antoine Walker shaking before he lights your ass up. And if you go and watch any of his highlights, most likely you're going to find this song in the background. Is that right? Not too many guys can say it's true. I have a highlight tape where I'm rapping mm-hmm. and beating the hell out of people. My entrance music and my highlight music, that's me. I do that. Roy Jones Jr., new edition. Shaka Koss, Billy Joel, and the Blues Brothers on the show today. The House of Pain uh, beat to start the hour was fantastic as well. All right, it is July 11th. We've just added something to why today matters, so let's jump in here. We'll start with Zion and his diet. Here we go. Why Today Matters, brought to you by Sinus and Snoring Specialists. Get sinus and snoring relief with Dr. Daniel Slaughter at Sinus and Snoring Specialists. 512-601-0303 or sinussnoringent.com. All right, Zay, July 11th, and uh, you were talking to me about Zion earlier. As soon as you said his name, I thought, oh, Lord, here we go. The girls thrown out the video finally or more you know, damning information about him or whatever. But this is actually basketball-related, a discussion around Zion and his development in the the NBA, assuming he can get back on the floor. Yeah, Zion was on Gilbert Arena's show in Vegas yesterday. It was kind of a live show, and they asked Zion straight up about his diet, and he went into it and said, yeah, it was hard coming into the league, eating whatever you want your whole life, and then understanding that you got to be at a certain weight to be productive for an 82-game season, Mm -hmm. and when you have 
all the money in the world and all the resources in the world, it could get tough. It could get tough for some guys. I think we all just expect when you're a professional athlete, it comes easy because you're getting paid so much money, so you should already have extra motivation to be at tip-top shape. Well, it's not as easy for some guys, and some guys, in a way, get away with that because they're so damn athletic, Chad, because they're, you know, just so freaky, they could put anything in their bodies and still be productive. But Zion, he realized very early that that's not the case, and he owned up to it. He told Gilbert Arenas and crew, like, yeah, man, it's been difficult, but I got a chef. We're on the right path, and I'm looking to make a lot of changes so I can have a very lengthy career. Yeah, that's a good thing. It's good that he's paying attention to that because, obviously, with the weight he's carrying around and injuries, you got to pay attention to all of that. The other thing you mentioned to me, though, I would be a little more concerned, if I'm a Pelicans fan, about the basketball development part. An interesting comment you saw from, is it Rick Rick Buecher was breaking him down? Yeah, Rick Buecher, he talked about him just hearing, you know, different sources around the NBA and the Pelicans and I guess people who work out with Zion. And he says that Zion has no interest in developing a floater or a pull-up jump, uh, pull-up jumper. Excuse me. Rick went on to say, "Where are the floaters? Up and under layups. His pull-up jumpers at the elbow. Now, from what I've been told, he has zero interest in developing any of those tricks. Tricks that Blake Griffin learned along with a decent three-point shot when the injuries started to pile up on him Damn. and allowed him to single-handedly drag the Detroit Pistons to a playoff berth. Which that was probably the best version of Blake Griffin. That those last few years in Detroit, maybe." 2018, 2019, 2017, 2018, I don't remember, but Blake had a very, very good season where he was a third-team All-Pro, and even though he wasn't as athletic as Lob City, Blake Griffin, you got to be able to adapt with what your body gives you. So if Zion's out here saying, nah, man, I ain't changing nothing, I'm going to be that same bruiser, Charles Barkley type that jumps over everybody, that just moves everybody with my body because that's how I'm productive, okay, cool, but we've seen that he's not able to last a full season playing that way. So if he wants to have a long career, he's going to have to change some stuff up. Like, nah, Father Time catches up with everybody, even LeBron James. Now, there's levels to this because LeBron James is going on year 21, and before he got hurt with that ankle in the Mavs game this season, he was, like, averaging 29 points a game. So there's levels to this, but to be a great NBA player like Michael Jordan, somebody like that, like Michael Jordan, crazy athleticism his whole career, but once – After the first retirement, 96, 97, 98, you saw Jordan in the triangle and the post a lot more, shooting a lot more fadeaways and pull-up jumpers. He wasn't relying on his athleticism. And if Michael Jordan is able to look himself in the mirror and say, hey, I might need to change some things for me to still be on top of my game, then Zion Williamson needs to look at his game and look himself in the mirror and say, maybe I could change some things so I can have a very long NBA career. Yeah, if you're on a – if you're in a versatility comparison with Blake Griffin and you're on the south side of the comparison, you might want to realize what that means. Like, I get what Buker's saying. I don't disagree with what he's saying. Zion should understand what he's saying. And it is, the, the, it is that weird little the sort of catch-22 he is in. The bull in a china shop can only get him so far. Then it'll get him hurt. Then he can't play again. And his game won't develop. And then it's just going to be a vicious cycle of things. What would you, if he was willing to add a little something, what would it be for you? Is it just a simple little floater? 
Is it yeah. just, you know, a little baseline jumper, a little short, get him at about, Every, eight, about eight feet, something like that? Everything you can year by year. you got to improve on something every single year you're in the NBA. When the season ends, you got to, hey, figure out what do I need to improve at and then mm-hmm. focus on that one thing. Everybody thinks that you have to focus on a boatload of things. No, that's not the case. you got to focus on, you know, one thing and try to perfect that as much as possible, whether that's your ball handling, your jump shot, your defense, your film study. Like, everybody has to improve each and every season. And for Zion, it would probably be just that in-between game, like the mid-range area where he could look guys down maybe around – the elbow, maybe on, you know, the short wing around 15 feet, and they're going to play off him. So to save his body, shoot that jumper, knock it down, or take a couple of steps in and then shoot that little sh- uh, little floater, that little Dylan DeSue teardrop. Mm-hmm. Like, think about DeSue, him developing that shot with Zach at BTY and stuff like that. Like, that was a huge part of his game this season in pick and roll. That changed Dylan DeSue. So... Yep. Like, Zion, he's not going to be able to rely on this athleticism much longer because it's been a problem. Like, he's just so big. Him coming down on his, you know, on his legs and his ankles and stuff, like, that's not normal. That's not a normal thing. And Charles Barkley might be the only comparison to that, but Charles... He developed the jump shot. When he was MVP in 93, Charles was hitting threes, hitting big-time shots against San Antonio and stuff. Charles was well-rounded. He wasn't just that guy that would be battling down low and getting all types of rebounds. He elevated his game offensively. So Zion, he has to do those types of things. Everybody has to do those types of things, but especially a guy like him who's dealt with so many injuries throughout his very young career. Interesting stuff there. Keep an eye on that story. Plus, the uh, sex tape has not been released yet. Thank goodness. So that's good news for Zion as well. A couple other things about why today matters. Here's a couple weird headlines for you. Zay, I just saw this. The Athletic has a story out there. We were talking about Northwestern and firing Pat Fitzgerald. I hadn't thought of this one earlier. It, the story is titled "The Biggest Potential Wild Card in Northwestern's Coaching Search." It might be Paul Christ, according to Bruce Feldman. Already, he's been here for two months. I had not thought of that. Um, the excerpt says, "Yeah, Paul Christ, now an offensive analyst at Texas, knows what it takes to win in the Big Ten, and I'm sure he goes through it and he lays out some potential candidates." Again, he's calling him a wild card. Calling him a potential wild card, just something I thought I'd mention. Um, Obviously, we know we have Texas fans listening to the show. Um, Also, we know we have Cowboy fans listening to the show. Oh, my God. This one's simple and complex at the same time. Apparently, Jerry Jones gave Clarence Thomas a Super Bowl ring. Mm. Couldn't make that up if I wanted to. Apparently, they became friends back in the day. Clarence Thomas did like a PSA with the Cowboys. They become friends. They're hanging out at games together. Jerry hangs with him when they're in Washington. I totally understand all that. And then he gave him a Super Bowl ring. I don't know what I'm more disturbed by, Zay. That or the fact that if you showed me the full list of others that have Cowboy Super Bowl rings, I might really start to get sick. Yeah, why did Clarence Thomas do to deserve that? That's what I'm saying. I get it. He's the homie and stuff. Right. If I see Jerry tomorrow, I'm asking, hey, oh, Jerry, since you just passing them out to anyone, can I get something? Exactly. I'm going to say, Jerry, I'm a fan, like, man. Yeah. <laughs> I can describe plays to you in, in games. Can I get I, – I won't even ask for the first couple. Can I have 20, 27, 28, and 30? Huh? 
I watched those games, you know, front to back. I was with you the whole season, man. Come on. Um, also, Big 12 Media Days tomorrow. Uh, obviously, Texas is a part of it. Baylor, BYU, Houston, Kansas, Oklahoma State, TCU, and Texas. One of the teams I'm interested in is Oklahoma State. Not because I think they're going to win the conference or anything, but Zay Gundy is not bringing a quarterback and I want to hear somebody ask him about his new defensive coordinator, Brian Nardo from Gannon University, D2 school. I looked it up. Gannon is a private Catholic university in Erie, Pennsylvania. This dude, Nardo, took their defensive numbers to a spot they haven't had in 20 years. And that's great. But they're D2, and I never had even heard of them. Yeah, um, I mean, you talked about it earlier. Gundy, he'll find you. If you could coach, don't matter if you come from high school, junior college, hell, junior high, if you can help, he will bring you on. Yeah. He doesn't have, you know, don't look at his pride in that sense. And if they stay in that 3-5-5 system like they were last year, then they can give you, you know, they give your life hell, but – no Spencer Sanders. He's off to Ole Miss. It's going to be very hard trying to get that back. Spencer Sanders, he was everything to that offense for the last four years. We know the trust that Gundy finally had in him last year, and I think that Spencer Sanders didn't have the year that he could have because he got injured. But, man, it's going to be tough. Like I don't, He don't even believe in his own son. Gunner yeah. Gundy, like, I think he's on third string. So you got Garrett Wrangler. Wrangle battling it out with Bowman, Alan Bowman. Yeah, right. The guy that was at uh, Michigan. Michigan. Yeah. yeah. And was at Texas Tech. Texas Tech that. and Michigan. Yeah. Played, so, t- played Texas, right? I think so. Yeah, I think he's played, played against Texas at, at some point along the way. Yeah, Gundy's always fascinating to me. So he's not bringing a quarterback. That's the other thing, not bringing a quarterback. But I'd love to hear him talk about after going with two defensive coordinators, everybody knew. Now he's going, because remember, years ago when he, when he grabbed that dude, I still can't remember his name. I was trying to look it up. The guy from Shippensburg College became his OC, made a name for himself, and actually went off to you know bigger job after that. I want to say he might have been at Ohio State even for a year, but then, then you know, then, then I think Gundy took the play calling back for a little bit, and now Kate was it Casey Dunn? Is that his name that's been there? Yeah, Casey Dunn's been there now for this is his fourth year, but now he's trying it on the defensive side. Right. I I, I hope somebody asks him that question if we somehow got lucky enough. Oklahoma State and Oklahoma always say no to us when we ask for you know one-on-one interviews. But I want to hear Gundy answer that question at some point. I hope somebody asks. Yeah, excuse me, I meant three-three-five. That defensive setup that Gundy was throwing around last year, a la Iowa State. I probably added two more players because that's what Quinn Ewer saw when they went up to Stillwater uh, yeah, for those thirty fair. incompletions. He that's probably fair. saw thirteen players on the field instead of the eleven. Yeah. My bad. I have a little PTSD from that day. I did feel bad at the end of that game when Quinn Ewer said, man, that 8-8-4 defense they were playing was tough. <laughs> like, Quinn, man. It's, it I know it's fast. I know it's faster than South Lake Carroll, Quinn, but <laughs> man. That wind wasn't blowing that much in Stillwater, was it? My goodness. Alright, uh, coming up, we'll get you stems and seeds before we get out of here. Ball Don't Lie coming up. They've got a special guest uh, coming up today at 4.30. We'll tell you who that is next on The Horn. Chad and Zay. Ah. Finishing up a Tuesday. Riding spinners. Yep. This is probably not an analogy for anything. This is just riding spinners. Yeah. Right. 
They need to bring spinners back, man. Do you need some spinners? Have you ever had them? No. Anybody you know ever had them? Nope. What what is the that, that's the ones where when the car stops they keep going right? <laughs> I, lo- I love those. Those I like. I never understood the ones that stick way out. What are those? Why do you have those? Oh, the big conical shaped things yeah. that stick way out from the car. Yeah, I've never understood those rims. Yeah, that's super H town. The spin thing I like though. That's got like a John Cena WWE feel to it. Right. All right. Who's this? Three six mafia. Okay. Will flip. Three six. Hey, we just I just made a wrestling reference. You, three six mafia is the one that did the Mark Henry song, right? That's right. There you go. Yeah. Three six mafia. Now are they Houston? No, Memphis. Memphis for three six mafia. Okay. Three six mafia. Roy Jones Jr. Yep. New edition. Shaka Kass, Billy Joel, the Blues Brothers. That is a music festival I would attend. House of Pain. Uh, rhythm. The rhythm. The House of Pain. Uh, beat for you to start the hour. I couldn't come up with the word. Uh, start your third hour every day. It's Chad and Zay with you on a Tuesday. Dead week in sports. All the weird stuff going on. You got Homer and Derby last night. All-star game tonight. SB's tomorrow night. Plus they're doing a documentary on the Jimmy Valvano speech earlier in the evening on ESPN. SB's on ABC tomorrow night. And then of course we are in Arlington tomorrow for the Longhorn Day. Not just them, but let's be honest. Uh, the the Texas Day of Big 12 Media Days. So we'll have the show live from Jerry World tomorrow. Always excited about that. We'll get you as much as we can, content-wise, interview-wise. Hopefully, um, and we, we know you'll hear from Sark in the main press conference, but I'm hoping that tomorrow morning, if you're listening at 10 o'clock, I'm hoping that the Texas folks walk right in. They see Craig Way all tanned and rested and ready from his vacation and Jeff Howe sitting right next to him, and they think, well, we just can't resist that. Oh, yeah. And that Light the Tower is going to talk to Sark uh, around 10. 10 to 10.30 is a Texas window right there with the live radio folks. So I'm guessing uh, hopefully uh, I would hope that our guys will get to talk to him in the morning, and we'll see who we get from 12 on. Once we get to our show, we're going to be kind of out of the Texas window. There's like Texas stuff before us, Texas stuff after us. So frankly, Zay, I'm not sure who we're going to talk to tomorrow, but I'm looking forward to it. Hey, man, I'll interview the janitor at AT&T Stadium because they've probably seen Dak Prescott recently. Why not? Well, we could get a good breakdown there. We get a great breakdown. Have you seen Dak throwing out? Did it seem confident to you? Yeah, obviously Dak helps out with the trash around here. We've seen the clip of him missing the shot with uh-huh. the cup and then picking, them, picking it back up. I love so it. he's a classy guy. He probably helps around the whole stadium. I just realized, I'm going to tell you a Dak story here in the uh, Stems and Seeds and see if you heard this story. Let's go Stems and Seeds. No stress, no seeds, no stems, no sticks. Brought to you by AV Consultations, 255-8678, or go to avconsultations.com. Did you hear about Dak Prescott helping out the gender reveal? No. So they do a cowboy, like a quarterback camp. Fans show up. This woman brings the card with her, hands it to Dak Prescott, and says, I want you to be the first person, other than the doctors, to know what we're having, and I want you to tell me. So Dak takes the envelope, opens it up, he looks at it, and then he turns it around to her and lets her and her husband know they're going to have a boy. That's amazing. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Now, if you don't name that kid Dakota, you're just not trying. Yeah. Right? Come on. Now, that's got to be a little Dak. Yeah, that's easy business that's, right there. That's got to be Dak Jr. right there. He's such a good guy. He is such a good guy. I hope by the end of it, his football matches up enough. Because if being a good dude means you get to be successful at your job, Dak should win two Super Bowls at least. Yeah. Didn't he win Walter Payton this past year? 
He did, and you made fun of him for it. I mean, come on. You acted like I was supposed to be sad about I that. I mean, look, that's not the award we want at the end of the day. No. But I respect it. He is come a good on. guy, and I do wish him the best. Yeah, I do too. Hopefully that can uh, work out. Speaking of wishing somebody the best, Dick Vitale's having vocal cord surgery today. All the best to you, Dickie V. I saw that on social media earlier. Um, And we also have talked about uh, the Northwestern story, Pat Fitzgerald fired. Not that it's a leading candidate, but there is a story with Bruce Feldman today where he's listing Paul Crist as a wild card. So... I don't know. Now, if you're in the like insider media of Texas, do you need to reach out and just make sure? Yeah, Paul don't want those problems. He's in the ATX for a reason. I would if I yeah if I'm Paul Christ, I can't say no fast enough to a story. <laughs> hey, Paul, did you no 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 you didn't let me no I mean no seriously the Patrick no but I know the North no I would just keep saying it until they understood what I was talking about. We'll see though. That's just a, a name that's been thrown out as a wild card. All right, Zay, you ready for Jerry World tomorrow? Yep, let's get it. Let's do it. They do not have Johnny Walker Blue on tap, I checked. Ah, damn. Jerry doesn't do that, and he would make us pay a lot if there was there. Zay and I will be up there again, light the tower, and our show as well tomorrow from Jerry World. We'll talk to you then. Coming up next, it is Ball Don't Lie at 430. Check this out. Tayshawn Thomas, a former teammate of Wimbenyama is going to join uh, going to join Ball Don't Lie with Rod and Harge and Patrick. You know Patrick's going to love that, talking more Wimbenyama. They're coming up. Y'all stay safe, and we'll talk to you tomorrow from Jerry's house. See ya!